Okay, so um, we are week three in this little five-week mini-series called Guardrails, and I told you early on that what we're doing in five weeks, Jesus did in one, well, in one teaching. So I'm splitting it up into five different sections. Um, you may have seen the movie Bridge of Spies. If not, it's a great movie. Uh, I would highly recommend you watch it, but that clip comes from the Bridge of Spies, and that man says that phrase a lot throughout the, the movie. Bad things happen. And people say, like, they'll say to him, like, aren't you worried? And he says, would it help? And so today we're talking about anxiety. Now, context is everything because Jesus taught in one sitting what we're doing in five. I want to make sure you remember kind of where this fits in that whole timeline, okay? So week one, we talked about hypocrisy. If you weren't here for that, you're like, I'm glad I missed that, right? Hypocrisy, guardrails to hypocrisy. And then last week we talked about guardrails to greed, And then today we're going to talk about guardrails to anxiety. Now, last week I told you when Jesus was talking about guardrails to greed, we basically want to keep our hands around the stuff that we own, right? And so what we learned last week, by the end of that teaching, Jesus was basically saying this, all your stuff, possessions, all that you have, I just want you to do this, right? Just want you to open your hands and let me do with it what I will. And I told you, if you could... Take all the money in all your bank accounts. Take all the things you own, car, houses, uh, I'm sorry, cars, house. (laughs) We should get the plural in the right place, right? Um, Take all that you own and put it in your hand and open it up and really legitimately say to God, use it however you want. You would more than likely feel a little bit of anxiety, right? That's a little bit of a weird place to be. And so what I want you to know is this morning when we talk about anxiety... In context, Jesus is going to say some things about anxiety. We're going to see see two guardrails that can help us kind of steer clear from anxiety, letting it rule our lives. But he's specifically talking about the anxiety that comes from when you release your possessions and your finances, okay? Now, in our world, anxiety runs the spectrum of what I would call low-grade anxiety, right? Like all of us feel on a normal day. Um, let's just use an example. If I took the microphone and just handed it to one of you and said, come give a testimony, you would feel low-grade anxiety. Well, in the moment, it might be like, what? But that's like low-grade anxiety. Just the things that we just are always kind of worrying about, anxious about. You know, like if you ran out of the house and you didn't get out on time, you might have a little bit of low-grade anxiety about the train that may cause you to wait longer to get to work and you'll be late and you know, that kind of stuff. If you are a student, <laughs> teens and preteens in the house, if you wake up and realize you didn't study for a test that you have that day, that's low-grade anxiety. And, and I'm saying that's the kind of anxiety that we would tend, tend to say is normal, right? So if you feel that, I don't want you to start going, oh gosh, he's, the preacher's going to say I'm, I've got sin in my life. No, that's just kind of normal, everyday, low-grade anxiety. That's the one spectrum. Now, anxiety, fear, depression, it runs from there all the way to the other end of the spectrum. And let's talk about this end of the spectrum. Depression. The kind of depression that you can't explain. The kind of depression that you, you can't get out of bed. If you did get out of bed, it's because somebody wrote you a prescription to take a pill to get you out of bed, and they probably wrote you a prescription to get you back in the bed, okay? I mean, OCD, don't feel bad if you have one of these, but fidget spinners are selling like crazy, right? Um, There's this whole spectrum of 
anxiety. So when I say anxiety, and we talk about what Jesus is teaching in Luke chapter 12, he's talking about anxiety, you know, dealing with money. But I believe that the guardrails that we talk about, they can help us from one end of the spectrum to the other. Okay? Now, my story, my history with anxiety. Um, I don't know this spectrum. Okay, I don't know that full end of the spectrum. I've never been on prescription medication for anxiety. But, but as far back as I can remember, um, just a, a little bit of Tourette's in my, in my body, right? So there's always been like a little a twitch of a, a shoulder, a twitch of the eye. There's always kind of been that in my life. And so for me, middle school, which was then junior high, was horrible, right? The um, names that I was called, nicknames, I did not want to go to school. It was not good. And so I grew up becoming very inward focused, very depressed. Um, high school was not much better. Um, it took a long time. So I, I know that kind of anxiety. I know what it feels like to have an anxiety attack. I know some of you know what it feels like to have a panic attack. I know what it's like to be in the middle of a crowd, in the middle of a row, and, in the, and, and suddenly, like, if I don't get out of here, I'm going to die. That's very real, okay? So what you're not going to hear from me today is if you just love Jesus more, that would go away, okay? Because I love Jesus a lot. And I, like right now telling you my story, I'm already sweating, right? I'm a little anxiety going on for me right now. Um, just sharing that with you. So we want to be sensitive to that spectrum, okay? But what I'm going to share with you, one, I don't share lightly because I know, I know about that spectrum. And two, it's Jesus talking, right? I mean, this is Luke chapter 12. These are, like, if you have a Bible that has red letters, this is Jesus talking, so if Jesus is talking, it matters to us, right? Like, he's not just saying it and hoping it works. He knows that this stuff is real. He knows. He says, do not worry. If you have an, a Bible that has headers above the section, we're going to read Luke chapter 12, verses 22 to 34. It says, do not worry. I mean, that alone can make you worry, can't it? It's crazy. Fear not is, is the most common command or the most frequent command in Scripture. Why? Because all of us can relate to it. Think about this. How common is anxiety? Rhetorical question. I'll answer it. Um, the Bible is written by about 40 different authors over 1,500 years. This is not a, a teaching on why you should trust the Bible. But let me just give you an idea. 40 different men over 1,500 years wrote parts of the Bible. And it has one central theme, Jesus. One theme weaves all the way through the Bible is Jesus. Now, I probably couldn't pick, handpick five of you, put you in the same room on the same day, give you a sheet of paper and a pen and say, just write something. We'll read it and see what happens. And it wouldn't have the same theme. But over 1,500 years, 40 people write, and it comes out with the same theme. That's why one reason we can trust the Bible. It's God's Word. And woven through all those years, fear not, fear not, fear not, do not worry. Because it's common to man, okay? I want, to, I want you to hear me say that. It's common to man. Anxiety is common to man, but it's not common to God, all right? So what I'm going to share with you this morning, these, these guardrails, if we talked about your money, like giving it away, you could relate immediately to these guardrails. But I want you to take 
do the work to apply it to wherever you are on that spectrum, okay? Does that make sense? All right, so let's, let's read it at least. Luke chapter 12, if you're there. Um, Luke chapter 12, verses 22 through 34. Here we go. Jesus said to his disciples, and again, he's talking to his disciples. So if you're here and you're not following Jesus, and you know, I'm, I'm glad you're here. We, I pray, I might be one of the only pastors, who prays, and I pray my church is always full of people that aren't following Jesus. Because I want them to come and hear what Jesus can do. So if you're here and you're not sure you're following Jesus, welcome. It's good to have you, right? And this doesn't apply to you. How awesome is that? You just get to sit back and take it easy for about the next 20 minutes. Now, it it does apply to you, but he's talking to his disciples. You can use some of what you're going to learn some things this morning. But if you're following Jesus, this is something he's saying to you. He's not talking to the crowd. He's talking to his disciples. And here's what he says. Therefore, I tell you. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat, about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body is more than clothes. Now, um, side note, time out, it's good to eat, it's good to dress. I personally am thankful that you wore clothes today, right? I know in public speaking, they say, like, imagine people in their underwear. Let's just keep it imaginary, right? Like, keep wearing clothes. That's a good thing, okay? So he's not saying don't eat and don't, don't dress, He's just saying, uh, you don't have to worry about that stuff. It's, life is more than that. Life is more than food. The body's more than clothes. Verse 24, consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than birds? Now, if you were here last week, Jesus had just talked to the disciples about, remember the parable of the rich fool, the rich fool who he had all this all these, these possessions, all this grain, and then he got a really abundant crop, and so he tore down his small barns, built bigger barns to store all of his amazing stuff. And now Jesus, he's drawn a contrast. Okay, you got the rich fool that had all these big barns, but look at the ravens. They don't even have barns. And God takes care of them. You see that? He still feeds them. Then he says this, verse 25, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Can I just ask you that same question? Let's all try it. Ready? Worry hard. Uh, worrying hard is a lot like constipation. <laughs> oh, how, how do we do? Jesus says, you did nothing. All that worry, you can't even add a single hour to the end of your life. So since you cannot do this very little thing, now I know we don't think it would be such a little thing to add an hour to the end of our life, but he's saying in the whole scope of things, that's a small thing. And if you can't even do that, why worry about the rest? Verse 27, consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? You have little faith. <laughs> Think about this. Lilies of the field, which is not what your, your translation may say, lilies, Lilies don't have the TV show what to wear and what not to wear, right? They don't have that show. They don't think about what they're wearing. God clothes them. They never have to wonder. No lily ever looked at another lily and said, does this leaf make my butt look big, right? That never happened, right? Never happened. They don't have to worry about that. I thought that was pretty good. So do not set your hearts on what you will eat or drink. Don't worry about it. Verse 30, for the pagan world runs after all such things. 
and your Father knows that you need them. So seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Don't be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions, give to the poor, provide purses for yourself that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's just jump right into it, okay? Guardrail number one. Guardrail number one is when you, when you start to feel anxiety, the first guardrail is trying to think your way out of anxiety. Trying to think your way out. It's like, he says, don't think about what you'll eat. Don't think about what you'll wear. He's not saying not to do those things. He's just saying, don't, don't feel the pressure to try to have a perfect plan to think your way out of anxiety. Well, if I knew everything that was going to happen in the next week, I wouldn't be anxious. I know what I'll do. I will put together the plan. I will have my clothes laid out. I will have the, my menu planned out. I will have everything planned out that I could possibly encounter. I will have a contingency plan for my contingency plan. And then I'll never have to worry. And Jesus is saying, you can't, you can't think your way out of anxiety. Now, side note to all of you planners, it's okay to plan. He, he's not saying you can't think. He's not saying you can't have um, this, this chart on your refrigerator about your Monday meal, Tuesday meal, Wednesday meal. Like, that's okay, right? And you, should, you should probably go to the grocery store with a plan of what you're going to buy so you don't buy all the grocery store, right? But what he's saying is it's okay to plan for the future, but he doesn't want you to fear the future. And sometimes we fear the future. And so we think if I can just have a better plan, then I won't have to be anxious about it. And he's saying no. No, don't, don't try to take control so that you don't have to worry about it. Think about what this looks like. If, you're, if you buy the lie that you can think your way out of anxiety, you'll become a cold person with no compassion for people who struggle with anxiety. Because you will always look at them and here's what you'll think. Well, if they were as smart as me, if they had a better plan, then maybe they wouldn't be anxious. And that's pride. And that takes away any compassion that we might have for people who are hurting in this area. The raven is fed by God. The lily is clothed by God. So if we can't think our way out, so if you're driving down this you know, road of life and you bump into this guardrail, man, I'm starting to feel a little bit anxious. I think I'll try to think my way out. And you hit that guardrail and go, wait, I can't think my way out of this. What's the correction? Here's the correction. You have to trust your way out. You can't think your way out of anxiety. You have to trust your way out. And the way you trust your way out is you trust your father. I love, I love what Jesus said. He said the pagans have to run after these things. Do you know why pagans, and that's a, that's a really harsh word, but pagan just means somebody that's not following Jesus, doesn't love God. The reason that pagans have to run after those things is because they actually have to go after them because they don't have a father to provide it. But we do. Followers of Jesus, we have a father who provides the things that we need. And so we trust him. And when you start to feel really anxious in your life, the correction is, I'm going to put my trust in God, not in my ability to come up with a plan 
to creatively think my way out of where I am, but to trust him. Here's what Jesus is saying. Why worry when you have a father who knows what you need, has what you need, and wants to give you what you need? That's who we have. So guardrail number one, trying to think our way out of anxiety. And if you've ever tried to do that, doesn't it make you even more anxious? Like, you know, I mentioned for me, like, anxiety attacks. And so what's funny is that God would call me into ministry. Because public speaking for me is horrifying. I've gotten a little bit better about it now, right? But I can remember just, man, you, being on staff at a church and, and knowing that, golly, I have to do announcements today. I try to worship Jesus so closely that day. Just, I'm just trying, I got to plan, like, be near Jesus. And then I'm getting more and more anxious. And don't be anxious, don't be anxious, don't be anxious. And I'm more anxious, right? Like, you have this thought, this plan, and just even the plan to not be anxious makes you more anxious. But you know what changes that? Trust. Like, wait a second. My father is with me when I walk up on that platform. He's helping me. He's giving me what I need right now so I don't freak out in front of y'all, right? He's giving me what I need. I can trust him. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, if your father will take care of ravens and take care of flowers, and he's not even their dad, how much more will he take care of you? Trying to think our way out doesn't work. Trusting our way out does. Here's guardrail number two. Jesus does this little weird thing where He's talking about flowers and he's talking about birds. And then all of a sudden he starts talking about money. Right? He's like, Jesus is that preacher that's always talking about money. He does talk about it a lot. And he does it again here. And it seems like kind of a weird twist. Like, why would you even go back to money? He says, listen, your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. And then in verse 33, sell your possessions and give it to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that won't fail where it can't be stolen. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. I think the reason that Jesus came back to money is because of the second guardrail. We can't think our way out. And so sometimes what happens is instead of trying to think our way out, we try to buy our way out of anxiety. Maybe this does not apply to you. But I can't tell you how many times I have said it and I've heard people say it. Things are really crazy. Your life is just full of anxiety. And you say out loud to somebody, if I could just get away. If I could just, I just need to go on a vacation. If I, had a, if I had a better car, I wouldn't be so anxious about this car maybe breaking down, right? If I had a bigger house, I wouldn't have anxiety over where to put all the stuff. We, if, I had a, if I could get a raise, if, 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 if. And it's all about money. We try to buy our way out of anxiety. And if you've ever tried to do that, then you know the end result. The end result is you're broke, which causes you more anxiety. Right? It's like, man, you, you, you purchase something thinking it's going to fix it. And then about two weeks into it, you're like, God, I wish I could just sell this and get the money back. It didn't help at all. Oh, I, that was a great vacation. I mean, it was, I loved it, but God, I wish I had that money back now. And again, there's nothing wrong with vacations, right? I mean, it's almost summertime. How many of you just absolutely are crazy mad in love with the beach, right? Me. If you can go, you should probably go. 
and take your pastor with you, right? I mean, it's, it's good. Vacations are good. Raises at jobs are good. New jobs are good. Houses are good. All that's good. But it can't get you out of anxiety. They're all external things that can't fix your internal situation. So Jesus says we, we can't buy our way out. So here's what he wants us to do. He wants to be our treasure. He wants to be so important to us that we would not try to buy our way out, but we would build our way out. And here's how you build your way out. He says it. You store up for yourselves treasure in heaven that cannot fail. How do you do that? Well, remember we're talking about um, if I had a bigger house, then I'd have more room for all my stuff. Well, it's your stuff that's causing you anxiety, right? So Jesus says, but if I'm your treasure, just give your stuff away. And giving things away, if you don't need them, instead of buying a bigger house to store the stuff you don't need, might actually be one of the ways that we build treasure in heaven. We don't buy our way out of anxiety. We build our way out. It's another way, it's another metaphor for serving, right? If you're like me and you're given to anxiety, there are times when I can get so anxious about me because I'm all inward focused. And then God just graciously provides the opportunity to pour into somebody else's life. And you do that, you serve them, and then you walk away going, I felt great. I'm not nearly as jacked up over my situation now because I got to serve these people. Instead of trying to buy my way out, go on vacation from all the stress, I pour it into somebody else. You do something that's kingdom-minded and you build your way out. And that's what Jesus is saying. Don't try to buy your way out of anxiety. Build your way out. I just want to caution you with this before we start to wrap this up. He's not saying, if you'll give the church more money, you will never be depressed. Because that is a twisted way of trying to buy your way out of anxiety, right? You're just buying God off. That's not what he's saying. Give me all your money. Buy me off. And you'll never be, he's, no, he's just saying, shift your paradigm. Build a treasure in heaven. Be kingdom-minded. Don't try to buy your way out. Don't try to escape the stuff that's causing you anxiety. Focus on the kingdom. Build your way out that way. He wants you to see himself. He wants to call you to him so he can love you just the way you are. That's the soil that you're going to put your roots down in that are going to help you grow and be healed. So, um, I know that I'm an amazing preacher. You thought it was fantastic. Um, and I know the Word of God is true. But if we're honest, if you struggle with fear, with anxiety, or with depression, then the way you're feeling right now is, great, something else to try. I've tried all that before, Paul. I'm still afraid. I'm still depressed. I'm still anxious. I don't, know how, I don't know how that works in my life. How does, that, how does that happen? How do I even take the next step? And so what we've, what we've brought is a story for you because stories are good. It's so good to see how somebody else overcame the thing that we're struggling with. And so you've heard me talk, and that's great. We've read the Word of God. That's really good. 
But Revelation says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And so we're going to wrap this morning up with a testimony from one of our own at the gathering who can relate to this message and who has lived out the end result of this message. And so I want you to give him your attention. I'm going to give you the big idea and then he's going to kind of wrap it up with his testimony and I'll come back up and we'll pray. But here's your big idea, okay? Especially if you're sitting here kind of struggling with, what do I do now, right? What do I do now? Anxiety comes from worrying how God will instead of trusting who God is. All right, let me say it again. Anxiety comes from wondering how God will instead of trusting who he is. Because it's so easy to start feeling like, I better have a plan to get out of this anxiety. How's God going to do it? How's, God, how's he going to do it? Forget that. And begin to trust who he is. And Joe Lucas is going to come and share. And in his testimony, you're going to hear that. You're going to hear how God shifted his thinking from, how's it going to happen to, I just want Jesus and what God did as a result. So y'all give him a big hand as he comes up here. Hey, everyone. My name is Joe Lucas. Um, I'm also a member of the praise team, and I'm an elder. And uh, I just want to share with you my testimony. Um, so 19 years ago, uh, I had some emotional issues, and it led to a doctor's visit. And the doctor's visit led to diagnosis. Then that led to going on medications. And then I became uh, addicted to medications uh, for a long time. And it altered my life, uh, my personality, who I really was. It affected my family, my friends, uh, my marriage. And uh, I became very withdrawn inside. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to talk to anybody. And I was very reserved in who I was. And uh, I just want to say uh, that all led up to nine months ago. And nine months ago, uh, I tried to weather that storm on my own the first time. Uh, I was going to try to go off the medication myself. And I was very afraid, and I was scared. I didn't know what to do. Uh, it also affected my, affected my job in a great deal. It really did. And uh, the first attempt, I was in that, a very bad storm. I didn't know what to do. But... In Matthew chapter 8, verses 23, it says, Now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you, why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there, there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? During my second time, second attempt, I did do it. My second time, uh, I was praying. And God said, Won't you just give it to me? And I encourage you to read Matthew chapter 8, the whole chapter. Because in that whole chapter, all it talks about is there's faith. 
And by faith, God heals through that whole chapter. So I encourage you to read that. But my second attempt, when I finally let go and I gave it to him, he took it from me. And he did, it, it didn't take a week. It didn't take a couple of days. He took it from me right then. And when I left here that day, I was right there. I left here that day. It was gone. So I received the calm that God gave. And he took that from my life. So I encourage you to just step out in faith that that is you and let God do a great work in your life. He's doing a great work in mine. I'm still learning about Joe. And it's great. You know. God has a great plan for my life, I know. There's some great things coming my way. I don't know what they are. I have an idea of what some things he's doing, but there's a great thing he's going to do in my life. And I'm so thankful that he's doing it and allowing me to do it. So, and I appreciate you. Let me tell you my testimony. All right, so let's, God, so good. Let's wrap this up, okay? Can we? So we talked at the beginning about spectrums, right? So there's the low-grade anxiety all the way up to the full-blown, I need medication just to, just to survive. Um, I think Jesus just wants you to invite him in. What I want you to hear this morning is that all those commands, do not worry, fear not, for the most part, I think we hear them as commands, don't we? You better not worry, you better not fear. But this morning, what I want you to understand is that's not a command, it's an invitation. He's inviting you into a relationship with him, and he's saying, you don't have to be afraid. I got this. That's what Joe learned. 19 years of trying to think his way out, maybe buy his way, well, this boat will make me happy, this will make me happy. But what ultimately healed him was, I'm going to trust my father. He's good. He's inviting me into a relationship that I won't have to be afraid anymore. And I want that for you. Would you just, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? And let me just ask you a few questions just to help you process kind of how we're going to respond, okay? If you were walking with Jesus and he said to you, don't worry, how do you respond to that? Do you start to think about, well, what, what does he mean by that? Does he mean like if, it's, if I'm on medication, he's talking to me? Or does it mean like if I'm low-grade anxiety? What does that mean? Do not worry. What I want you to understand is what it means is do not worry. It means that no matter what level of anxiety, fear, depression you may have, we know from John 10.10 10, that only one person is behind it, and his name is Satan. He is the one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay? Now, it doesn't mean that we're condemning you and saying you're horrible. It just means that that's his job. And so I don't ever want us as a church to accept that any level of anxiety is quote-unquote normal. I want to be a church that accepts that all levels of peace are normal. And that we have a God who's inviting us into a relationship that will help us rid our lives of anxiety. And what do your next steps look like if that's you? Joe, I love Joe's testimony. It's a 19-year overnight success, right? 
It's 19 years of wanting to be free. And in one day, he prayed. And God, in one moment, took it away. You know how testimonies are. They're, they're so good because there's so, they're so much variety. I could have somebody come up and say, I used to smoke 20, you know, two packs a day for 20 years. And then one day I asked God to deliver me. And I've never had a desire for cigarettes ever again. And we'd all cheer and go, that's amazing. I could bring up somebody else that would say this. I smoked two packs of cigarettes for 20 years. And one day I just told God, I don't want to smoke anymore. And I've still wanted a cigarette every day, but I don't smoke. God delivers in all kinds of ways, right? So I don't want you to think about next steps right now. That's what causes anxiety. Anxiety comes from worrying how God will, not trusting who he is. And who he is is a good father who wants his children to walk in peace and freedom. And so if you're here this morning and you relate to anxiety and fear and depression at some level on that spectrum, and you just want God to give you freedom, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me? And don't be anxious about it. <laughs> Hands all over the room. All over the room. Mine included. Because like we started this whole message with, anxiety is common to man. And while there's no way that we can address everything there is to say about anxiety in this message, I can promise you that we're already beginning to pray about how we can do a full-blown series just on anxiety, depression, mental health, and what Jesus has to say about that. But for today, I'm going to ask you, because I, I think it's what God wants us to do. We don't do this every time, every week. But today, I think I need to ask you if you would like prayer to come and do what Joe did nine months ago. Which was to come to this space and just say, God, I want to be free. And I know that, that even the thought of that can cause anxiety. But the thought of being free of it, oh, man, that's what we're responding to. So if, if you raised your hand or even if you didn't and you're like, that's what I want to do, I'm going to ask you to come and just join me here. And we're going to pray for you. I want to pray over you for God to begin to set you free from anxiety and from fear and from depression.